organizations who are able to keep people on and give more value to the employees are connected through caring. And so caring about our people begins with empathizing. Hello, my friend. So glad to have you back. I hope you are well. I hope you are refreshed. I hope you are ready to learn. And join me along this journey of servant leadership. And as we unpack different aspects of how this model of leadership has so much value, not only in the marketplace, in commerce, in industry, but in family, in relationships, in communities, and in matters of faith. Servant leadership is a up-and-coming way to look at how we can do leadership not only better, but begin to transform lives to make them more effective and leave a legacy behind us that perpetuates serving well. So let's just continue to unpack our conversation. The first episode, we talked about general aspects of servant leadership and Robert Greenleaf's litmus test, if you will, on what servant leaders do. And so he said it's a difficult to administer test, but do the servants, while being served, become freer, wiser, more autonomous, healthier, more likely themselves to become servants? And he said, what of the least privileged in society? Will at least they become less deprived? So Greenleaf's model for servant leadership extended even further beyond the organizational environment or just the follower leader environment. He looked at it from a perspective of society as a whole. Can we impact? Can we make a difference for the better for individuals in our society who are marginalized or who are not in a position to serve others where they have a need for dignity or their basic needs to be met. So this extension of servant leadership goes far beyond simply just thinking, well, how can I improve the life of someone who is my employee? Now, you may start there. It may be starting with a father-son or mother-daughter or a, a marital relationship. It may be a situation to where you are looking at it from a community aspect, a member of your faith community or spiritual community. You may be looking at it from an aspect of friendships, all different ways. And as we unpack this, there are different aspects of servant leadership that we can add to our tool belt to help us to lead others in serving well. And ultimately, the results are in. Servant leadership actually works. It works to increase productivity, increase high-quality results, satisfaction, things like that. And besides that, it actually feels pretty good to serve. So in the last episode, we talked about how servant leaders are listeners. And we can't hope to serve others unless we listen. Not only listen to their needs, but listen to ourselves. Listen to what we are able to do and help and where we need to grow as leaders ourselves. So some self-examination, listening to our hearts, listening in prayer and meditation, listening to our social environment around us, what's happening, listening to our bodies, and listening to those who we are committed to helping along their journey. 
that's the listening aspect. And if you haven't listened to that episode, take a listen. And so today, we're talking about the second aspect of servant leadership, which is empathy. Once we begin to listen, we can then hear where our followers need change and how we can help them. Now you think, what does this have to do with an organization's mission, vision, values? Why am I so interested in my followers' need? Well, it's a great question. And I think the answer can be wrapped up in a lot of different ways, but let's just talk about one, which is if my follower is not in a position to where they can help achieve the vision, the mission, or sign on with conviction, the values, then we have to help them to reach that place. And you say, well, that just takes too much work because I don't have time to help followers to reach that place. I need followers who are nails from day one. And I think that there's merit in that statement. However, I think we're going to leave ourselves short if we think that all of our followers are always on 100% all the time. And we have to recognize that every person that we're called to lead is going to have needs. They're going to have different circumstances. They're going to have different challenges and different ideas of what actually satisfy them. Not necessarily the reward, but what satisfies them as individuals. And by being able to tap into that, and understand, first to listen, and then to empathize with their circumstances and their situations, then we can help them to achieve. Not only that, it's really a matter of care. And when we're talking about empathy, I'm going to start breaking this down in just a few moments. What we're talking about is do we care about our people? And I think it was John Maxwell that said, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. If you look at people as though they're expendable and disposable, then the results you get from people will be expendable and disposable. And they will eventually possibly look at you as if you are expendable and disposable. And actually that's happened in the marketplace today. If you look at the great resignation, as it's called, where people have started reevaluating their work and looking for more meaning and especially post-pandemic and their lives and examining what is the best trajectory for my life. Is it to work in this organization or to work for this purpose or is there more? And we're finding that organizations who are able to keep people on and give more value to the employees are connected through caring. And so caring about our people begins with empathizing with their circumstances, their situations. We actually care about how they live, how they feel, what's going on. And then we care about creating environments that ultimately are healthy, places where people want to come, not just to work. Again, it doesn't have to be the marketplace, but in your own home, creating what we call an irresistible offer for the lives we are called to steward. That's part of the empathetic mind. And really it is a mind. 
It could start with cognition and just having a cognitive empathy. That means I understand how you feel. So if one of your employees, for example, got sick and had to go to the hospital, I understand that you're in pain. That's a cognitive empathy. That's one level. Then there's another level at an emotional level where you can actually feel the pain, right? And then there's a third level, which is a concern that causes action, which we actually move into an empathy that has compassion built into it, that you want to help to really help change or be a part of any type of solution that that person deems that you're worthy or capable of. And it's not necessarily that you're going to fix it, but that you're available, you're there. And sometimes with that third level of compassion, maybe it's just a listening ear and Maybe it's some other action item, but whatever it is that you're showing that you are actually involved and that type of caring, man, that goes so far. Now, over the years, I can admit that I've spent a lot of time in the cognitive section of empathy, the very top part. I cared, but more at an intellectual level. And it took years of really having a great spouse that helped me to understand deeper levels of empathy to begin to remove the limits of my capacity to care. And that's really what I think we need to make sure we're talking about today is for some of us to empathize is easy to say, I can understand, but to actually move into a position of compassion. In fact, it reminds me of Jesus in the ninth chapter of Matthew, around verse 37, he sees these crowds, and and the Bible says that the crowds were helpless and harassed, and he had compassion on them. And this idea of compassion is moving into a position of that deep empathy to affect positive change in people's lives to ultimately lead them and help them achieve a better future state. Because friend, that is so much of what leadership is. Leadership is removing the limitations of our vision for what's possible for shared purpose. And so when we're talking about empathizing, I think the first step again is to listen. And then the second step is to actually involve ourselves with caring. And that caring will compel us to be a part of helping people along their journey. And you say, well, again, back to the bigger journey. What about this journey of our vision as a leader? If they share in our purpose, then we will remove obstacles and roadblocks to us reaching that achievable, attractive, and worthwhile future state together. So the action item today is spend the next week cultivating a mindfulness of caring, but not just for others. Care for yourself. Care for yourself as well. And leadership doesn't start with leading others. It really starts with following. And in caring for ourselves, we're following a path to making ourselves whole. And so as we move forward as leaders, let us embrace Let us embrace first having a self-empathy to understand where we are struggling and ask for help and seek guidance for others, 
from others and so that we can also then lead and help others along their way. My friend, I hope you enjoy this mini episode of our program, A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and I hope to see you again. Well, my friend, I am so thrilled that you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. And before you go to the next episode, especially if you're binge listening, take a moment. I would love to get your honest review right here on your screen. Your feedback is so important. It helps the podcast. It encourages me and it helps me. It helps me to give you more and more and more value. So I can't wait to read your review. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership.